I'm Lisa Lancer Rose. And I'm Anne Labar. And this is This Animal Life. We've been talking about crows and ravens and specifically about how crows give gifts. Yeah. But I guess I grew up knowing stuff about crows. My dad always talked about them. I have to say that doing this research has raised the crow, in my opinion. I always thought they were smart, but I thought ravens had them beat by a mile. And they really don't. You know, ravens are twice as big. They have a wingspan of eagles and hawks. They're huge. But and they're very smart, but they're very different. And so I wanted to give kind of a brief. I mean, we could talk about crows and ravens for months. <laughs> Maybe we and should. Pop, yeah, everybody knows all the stories about how smart they are and how they play. Oh, and the puzzles, puzzles, and the yeah, five step puzzles and fashioning tools yes. to solve puzzles. all that stuff. Yeah, good problem solving. Yeah. Oh my god! But most of the the gift giving that I found was by crows. And what's interesting about that Mm. is we've been talking a lot about theory of mind. Yes. And this one behavioralist says, and I'll get to more on him later. It's Dr. Marsluff. He says that they, crows and ravens, possess theory of mind. No, he's the guy that studies gift giving. I mean, he studies other things too, but he's he raises the issue of theory of mind in the context of gift giving, does he? That's what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm saying, you know, what it is, too, is just in general, they have a theory of mind. Okay. And it's the ability to infer what other individuals, animals, and human are thinking or intending to do. So this Dr. Marsliff, who you're probably going to talk about a little bit, mm-hmm. He said, theory of mind's a gateway, he says, to a wide range of behaviors, playfulness, mischief making. They've been seen flying upside down, sliding on snow, stealing window shield, (laughs) stealing windshield wipers from cars, which I think is just hysterical. And then he says, there's the gift giving behavior of crows. Before we get into that, I did want to, again, just kind of give an overview of some things about crows that that will support the fact that they are giving gifts. Okay. Okay. I want to, I want to talk about them being a family. Oh, Um, we are, you know, intrigued by crows and ravens and because there's something familiar about them. Yes. Um, They're noisy. They're smart. They're really social. They're omnivores. So they eat, they, they are scavengers. Yes. So they'll be eating roadkill and that sort of thing, but they eat all kinds of things and they're opportunists because they're scavengers. (laughs) Yeah, we often see them on the roadside eating roadkill or after our trash. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's a huge one. They mate for life. I did not know that. And so do ravens. One One thing that crows do that ravens don't, which I found really interesting and I want to look more into, is that crows can live in a large extended family group and the kids help out around the nest. Like they help out with the new babies. Yeah. My finches did that too. Mm -hmm. Young crows who've left for years will be recognized and welcome back to the family if they come back. Wow. They have extensive vocalizations, vocabularies. They can imitate human speech to some extent. Oh, uh, like, like minor birds. They're mimics. Yes. I think magpies have a reputation for that. Yes. And they're they're corvids. They're related. Mm-hmm. Um, they do neighborhood watches. They help each other out. If one finds food, he'll let everybody know That's so they can a, come and get it. The cawing is about usually. Yeah. They're, they're letting everybody know food's on or supper's on. And they are interested in working together so that it's just a safer place for everybody. Yeah. So... The fact that they have that strong of a social culture would really help to, I guess, support. It would help to support the stories. And there are scads of stories of crows who are either been helped by people or are fed by people on a Mm -hmm. regular basis bringing gifts. 
So it would be um, the social benefit of reciprocity. Yes. Okay. So there was a very famous story, and I think you looked into it. The little girl up in Seattle. Was she in Seattle? I can't remember. You're talking about Gabby? I'm talking about Gabby. Yes. I don't know how many years she's been doing it, but this little girl, um, when she was still in a car seat, she would get out of the car and a piece of food, <laughs> if she was eating in the car, like she had chicken nuggets or something. <laughs> right. Or like Cheerios flying. Yes. And when she got out of her car seat, a little piece of food would bloop out of her lap and a crow would come down and get it. And that's when she first associated, oh, if I, when I drop food, a, a bird, a crow comes and that's cool. So she wanted to keep doing that because it, understandably delighted her. So her mother permitted this and she started putting food out in the same place every day. You know, by the time she hit the news, she was about eight years old. So since she was sitting in a car seat to this time, that was about the amount of time. And in that time, she got hundreds of presents that she says was a gift. And her mother kept them uh, like in this tray, uh, organizing tray, like you would notions for sewing. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Big flat trays with a lid and separate little cubbies oh, okay. in there. And some of them are loose in there. And then some of them are in little Ziploc baggies and they're all labeled. Oh. All right. <laughs> what did they label them with? Like the date or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know if they know which crow left them. Okay. But so what Gabby would do is um, save some of her lunch that her mother had packed for her. And then when they were on the bus stop, she would feed the crows at the end of the day. And uh, Gabby's mother just uh, had never really paid any attention to crows, but her kid was so into it. And you know how tolerant we can be of our kids. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was very different when we were growing up, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We would have gotten in trouble for this, but wasting food. But um, <laughs> it became this daily ritual where she would drop scraps, right? Her mother encouraged this hobby of hers. So they got a bird bath with fresh water and they got platforms that they would put the food on. Okay. And uh, they must have done a little research because they started including peanuts, right? Yeah. Oh, and dog food. They would throw dog food into the grass. Okay. That makes sense. And there's a video of her on this one link that we'll give. It's a it's a BBC article with a video in it where she's strewing kibble on the, on the grass and you hear the crows calling out. Uh, that was that was what was in my mind when I said supper's on. Oh, right. It, it was this caw, caw, caw. And then it was on the uh, a tray where she put the peanuts. Oh, okay. That they first found a trinket. Oh, okay. They call it a shiny trinket. Yes. And I, there's a saying about magpies, right? That they yes. collect shiny trinkets. So, and, and I grew uh, up knowing, hearing that crows liked shiny things as well, and so did ravens. Okay, I, I yeah, I only associate it with magpies, but that makes perfect sense. So, um, it would be a very small thing. Um, an earring, they say, um, a hinge to a door, <laughs> uh, but anything that was shiny and small enough for a bird to carry. Sure. Um, and then they talk about some of the things in this article that the birds had left for her. There was um, a little tiny piece of metal with the word best on it. Oh. And, and this is where, you know, some of the things that stand out to people are the things that you can invest with more meaning. Right. Like they, they, they fit the narrative that your theory of mind is telling you is in the crow's mind. Right. Yeah. She imagines that, that the other half of this was friend. <laughs> And she likes to think that there's a crow flying around with a necklace on that says friend. And she has, <laughs> isn't that adorable? It's adorable. <laughs> okay. So she, uh, sometimes the crow brings things that she would not like at all. Uh, the way cats sometimes do. <laughs> right. Now, wait, did they, do they bring animals? I've, I've heard bones. Yes. But they would. I have, I, um, she mentions a rotting cl- crab claw was left. Oh, once. okay. Okay. So that's gross. Yeah. Um, I have also read where they will leave a baby bird, not, not a baby crow, but. Okay. They, See, I found uh, some of the stuff I was looking at was like, it said like, unlike cats, they won't bring you mm. something like that. 
Uh, I can't remember where I saw that, huh. that they would bring right. a baby bird. And that, which reminded me that that's why you sometimes see smaller birds chasing crows. Oh, yes. Because even though they're scavengers, uh, I guess there's a fine line between a dead and uh, small animal uh-huh. and, and a freshly hatched chick. Right. <laughs> it's really not going to put up much of a fight, kind of like right. a corpse, right? Yeah. So they will be opportunists, as you said. Yeah. So uh, they have a bird cam now and they watch them. So, <gasps> yeah. I wonder if we can find that bird cam. Yeah. Oh, we should look for that. Yeah. Or maybe it's private. Maybe they don't want other people looking at it because I don't, I'm looking at the article right now. I don't see they, they didn't offer a link, but we should search it just to see. Just in case. Yeah. Um, Oh, there was the story her mother tells Anne where um, her mother has been photographing now, of course. Oh, okay. The the birds and they have the bird cam. And so her mother is all, and her mother's the one logging and cataloging all all the gifts and everything. Right. So she was out with her camera one day and something startled her. I I wasn't sure what happened exactly, as I remember here. Uh, There was an an eagle. She must have wanted to photograph the eagle. So she, I don't know. It made it sound like the eagle attacked her or something. So, you know, it was sent her scrambling, but it was probably she wanted to photograph the eagle. She lost her lens cap. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she, um, I don't know if it was the next day or what, but the cap was sitting on the edge of the birdbath. Oh, later. So she um, wondered if the crows had found it right. and associated it with her and thought, oh, she's probably going to be looking for this. Yeah. You know, so she watched the webcam. Oh, okay. And she logged onto her computer and, and there a crow brought the cap into the yard. She had not been in the yard, I think, when she lost the cap. That's that's an important detail. Oh, yeah, it is. Right. Okay. So the cap was, uh, the crow brings the cap into the yard, walks to the bird bath, and washes the lens cap. Really? Really. So she- And then puts it on the edge. Yes. So she has oh. no doubt that the crow was doing her this favor of returning yeah. her lens cap and even- giving it a little scrub before. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so, I mean, they have, they've been doing this for years. Uh, Yeah. They have dozens, hundreds maybe of these little trinkets all cataloged. So it's, there's no question that the birds are doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no, they're definitely doing it. Yeah. So how do you, what do you see as the mystery here or the puzzle? Well, I don't, I don't know if there's necessarily a puzzle, but like we talk about other like cats bringing you a gift. Well, they're they're not giving you a gift. They want to teach you how to hunt, but they're doing that because they are connected with you. They are bonded in some ways and people wouldn't attribute such a high level of thought to an animal in terms of giving you a gift because you've done something for them out of gratitude, out of gratitude or reciprocity. A tit for tat. So if they, you gave them a peanut, they want you to keep giving them peanuts. So they are reinforcing your behavior by giving. Well, I did hear if you didn't, if you don't continue to feed them, they will get very nasty or not nasty, but they will harass you. (laughs) Yeah. And then I imagine, okay, so they're, they give you some positive reinforcement and then they they also, um, it's a carrot and a stick. Right, right. But, you know, how many things do you feed? How much wildlife do you feed intentionally or not intentionally? And who brings you gifts? Raccoons don't bring you gifts. No. The fox doesn't, like, bring me something back after he's raided my hen house. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you don't even get a thank you note. No, nothing. A little, Sometimes he, little text. He'll, he'll take a crap in there. That's always nice when I go in there and find that. Yeah, that's nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was the gift that I was left one time after he had completely cleaned me out. Wow. Um, yeah, nice. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that was my reaction. I was like, nice. Thanks, pal. Yeah, the, the birds on my feeder don't, as far as I know, they don't leave me anything. I could start looking. I wouldn't but... bring you anything. You know, Part of it is I think that I go out there and feed and fill the feeder and then I don't go out there again for days. I watch them from the window. They probably can't see me. Right. It's not like I'm filling it every day. Right. That's true. In terms of those gift giving stories, like if it was just that little girl 
you know, you might say, oh, well, you know, whatever. She's got them trained and blah, blah, blah. But there are just too many stories. Um, did you have anything oh, else? I mean, there are. Yeah, I found other stories, too, about um, what you find. Oh, there was a woman. Um, I, you know, I, I guess they're not that different. This is, is one of the cutest because the little girl does it in the mother's catalog so much of it and right. has photos and everything. Uh, there is I'll put it on the website. There's another link to a, a woman, you know, and I, I see people asking, is it gratitude? Right. You know, what's the motive? You know, this the, these crows keep bringing gifts to a woman. It was in the dodo. Um, oh, I love the dodo. <laughs> me too. You know, crows keep bringing presents to a woman who is kind to them. And, you know, there's a there's some of that interpretation going on. Uh, what some people right. might bristle at that there's anthropomorphism where you say, oh, they're grateful. You know, the little girl saying, you know, they best friends. They, they right. love me. That kind of That's stuff. a little stretch. That's a stretch. <laughs> they can't read as far as I know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I found several, uh, and there are a couple books. Um, that guy Marsliff wrote a book on gifts of the crow. So if you're yes. interested in what's going on here, but you know, he's really he's asking, what are they thinking? Like, what's the motive? If because to us it looks like gratitude, and some people are really reluctant to attribute uh, what we see as a as a higher moral code. Right. You know, like you, when you're a kid, you have to write thank you notes. Right. You should still write thank you notes. By That's the way. <laughs> a really, really, yeah, exactly. My kids don't. Oh, God. Um, the moral aspect of it, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people would argue against that. You know, they'd say, well, they're just, they want you to keep feeding them. You know, they're pragmatists. <laughs> they are smart. We're going to tell they're smart. They're going to bring you it, tip for tat, like you said before. But if you take in, their culture and they do have a culture west coast you know depending on where you are west coast versus east coast it, there's a different culture among crows interesting um yeah but the fact that you probably can argue for the morality of it for the you know the appreciation is they have moral behavior okay to some extent tell me more they mourn their dead. They will gather. Yes. And they also bring gifts. If you've, there's a couple cases where a woman, there was a woman who their dog bit a crow's leg <gasps> and she took it in and kind of kept it on the porch. But basically wrapped it up, took care of it. And there'd be a gift even years later, she'd find a gift on the porch railing, everything from shiny polished rocks to dead bugs, bits of yarn. <laughs> Did she ever see the bird? Leave yes. The gift? Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's yeah, very touching. So. And when we, I, I remember our episode about sharks, Yes, and, and how they actually are very social and have complex relationships with and preferences for certain individuals over right. others and all that. And there was the one case of um, of a shark that had some kind of a tie, a plastic tie around it. Oh, right. Okay. And they swim. It's in a documentary that we shared on our show notes. Um, yeah. When the guy, one guy cuts, manages to cut that plastic loose because it was cutting into the shark as he grew. And it was hurting him. After they cut it loose, the shark swims up to him and they, they end up getting back up on the boat. And the shark stayed with the boat. Oh, that's right. And they it had, that shark had never done that before. Uh -huh. So is that gratitude? And, I, you know, I, I maybe, <laughs> Anne, I don't want to say this about people, but, <laughs> you know, first thing, oh, they were just trained to do that. Right. You know, they notice that you're delighted when they come eat and they, they want to keep you being delighted because they're social and they can, they do read our faces. They do. And they, they recognize people. Yes. They recognize individual people. And if somebody's mean to them, they'll oh yeah harass them and they avoid them. And if somebody's nice to them. Um, so if they're giving each other little gifts, say in courtship or whatever, mm -hmm. 
uh, to reinforce the social bond. Um, That's true. They do give each other gifts. So why wouldn't they do that with a person they like? Right. Because it's a behavior. It's a social behavior that they have already. But how do we learn to give gifts? Hmm. Or or to give thanks, to to make a gesture of gratitude. And what's our motive? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm nice to people that I want to, because I like them and I like them because they're nice to me. Right. And so on. <laughs> it's a loop, you know, right. <laughs> maybe I'm a pragmatist, but you know, I, you, you drill your child, say, thank you. What do we say? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we take anything away from them when we say they learned to do it or they were reinforced to do it. Yeah. It's part of, you know, I would argue it's part of their culture. It's part of their, um, I want to say routine or life skills. Right. The and fact that it's a bird is, is phenomenal. It's so thrilling. But the, the fact, the whole culture, everything that they do, they learn to do from each other. Right. And they're and, lifelong learners. They can live up to like 20 years. Wow. So they have plenty of time to get smart. And it's part of being interdependent or codependent yeah, or, yeah. You know. yeah. But they do. Yeah, I did see that they do give each other gifts. So that is part of their behavior. And another thing that would actually back it up in terms of just behavior, if you don't want to attribute emotions or anything else, you know, you have to think, where are they getting these things? One possibility, well, of course, they're picking them up, but they have naturally... They cash things and they don't I never thought to wonder where they were like, I, I thought, oh, there's and they're like, you know, I should give this woman, this woman's been feeding me. I should go. I should bring her a trinket. I should bring her something shiny. I want to bring her something really. And then they like go shopping. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I thought. They were like wandering around the world or maybe they're out in the world. Like you see a card, like that would be perfect. Exactly. Man. Well, I you think know? that might happen, um, okay. but they will cash things like in the wild. They, uh, you know, if they're not around a lot of people, probably they cash, you know, they'll find caches of uh, acorn tops, you know, little things to collect and shiny okay. things, crows and ravens cash. They like shiny things. And so, so they will cash them. And there was a story. I just saw it. Actually, I'm on a Facebook page for crows and ravens. And this woman just posted and she posted some pictures that, you know, she'd been feeding the crows and they've been dropping coins in her yard and it must be um, over in Europe because she said, well, she now has 10 euros that have been left for her. It's so funny that you mentioned that just now, because as you were saying, they have a cache of shiny things. Yeah. I almost thought it, those things become currency. Oh, because I can imagine that if you've been feeding them, They'd go grab something from their cash. I hadn't thought of that. That is so cool. So they go to the banks, like they go yeah. to the ATM yeah. and they're like, I should tip her. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> and because they are so intelligent and so social, they feel good in while doing this act. Like it gives them pleasure because they know there's going to be delight for the other that they who receives the gift and they and they have theory of mind they know what it feels like to receive something yes just like us like when you when you're shopping for christmas you're it's fun to think what of pleasing surprising them and delighting them that's that's the anticipation of the joy on the other's face is what motivates you right when when it's going well i mean when it's going well and you can get into the other person's head and understand their theory of mind and what they would like. And you feel <laughs> so good when you hit the jackpot and and really light them up. It feels better than when you receive an awesome gift, which can be uncomfortable. Especially if you didn't <laughs> give yeah. them something awesome. <laughs> oh, I just find the um the thing about no dead animals. So it's just an anecdote though there is a woman lynn witt or lynn white maybe she says i adopted i'm the adopted mother of a baby crow that had been injured 
I affectionately call her Cheryl Crow. Aww. I interacted. I know it's a good name. I interacted with her constantly, hand fed her, encouraged her recovery. And in the process, I fell in love. Um, over the summer, she grew and eventually learned to fly. So she took off, but she brings gifts. The first one she presented to her with wings splayed open and head bowed. And it was a yellow foam dart from a toy gun. Oh. And, <laughs> and because she has sort of a, a really strong relationship with, you know, basically hand raise this bird, but was able to basically release it. Okay. But they play games. So she says that she refused to take the dart back as when they play games. So it was a gift. Okay. Like she wouldn't play a game with it. She's like, no, uh -huh. this is for you. And every time she brings her a gift, she brings it with her wings splayed and her head bowed. <laughs> that I think that behavior, if I'm right, let's let's run with this a little bit because I had those finches. Remember? Right, right. And um, what I noticed is when they liked each other, when they paired up, and they did pair up for life. They did this little dance where they would okay. bow their heads and they would puff up their feathers and sometimes the feathers would ripple and they would Ooh. open their wings a little bit. So they're kind of crouched down and they would flutter their wings and make this raspy little sound, a rather unpleasant sound. And they did this uh, sometimes as they approached each other, would go hop, hop, hop to each other and flutter their wings. They did it was mutual, male and female did it for each other. And right. when they were bedding down at night. And they would touch beaks, you know, like kiss, kiss. Yeah. And when they bed down, you would hear them go, wee, 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 and they would be fluttering and they would cuddle down together. Then when they laid eggs and the eggs hatched, that was how the baby birds begged for food from the parents was to open the wings a little bit and make that cry, that same cry and flutter. And it prompted a feeding behavior. Oh, okay. So while I watched them, I was, I, I was in love with my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> Gavin. I was very aware of the sweet nothings that we gave each other, that we would speak sure. in a higher pitch. There, there was some, um, the kissing is a, a remnant of mm -hmm. feeding an, a baby, right? Right. I don't know, having pet names for each other. I, yeah. Yeah. So if the bird is offering the gift like that, it is possibly a courtship it could be. behavior, which is related to rearing offspring. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's a really good conclusion from that. That's a good theory. I like that theory. Um, and that makes sense, actually. She was hand reared by this woman. <gasps> oh, my God, of course. So yes. there's going to be some family attraction or even courtship of, of or at least an intimacy right right not necessarily sexual although i did see that uh crows will try to mate with dead crows oh i don't want to talk about that no we're, we're not going there right now here i got a better one for you <laughs> <laughs> this one i really really liked i wanted to to share this story um they you know they alert they alert if there's danger. They, they alert if there's roadkill. They alert each other about everything. So this woman, Allison Acoba in Seattle, Washington, there's a lot of Seattle and New Mexico stories, which kind of cracked me up because that's the really strong legends of Raven or Crow oh, as really? mythical characters. So I, uh, I just found that interesting. But um she says, I have a collection of bits from our crows, toys mostly, a smashed hot wheels car, plastic toy spinning top, a bright Cracker Jack token, a Donald Duck Pez dispenser head. <laughs> wow. It's like, here's some garbage. I really love you. <laughs> uh, all left for us in the bird bath. We feed our crows peanuts and our cat Black Bart used to play with the local crows. Wow. Um, and I actually saw a crow and a squirrel. I, I wouldn't call it playing but the crow was totally harassing the squirrel and it appeared to be just for entertainment value i've done the same you know exactly right he the squirrel would 
and didn't run off because I don't know whether he was burying things or, you know, that kind of thing. But the crow would come and basically poke him and the squirrel would run after him and the crow would take off. And then you go back. And this went on for like 20 minutes. I so, videoed it and I lost it. But anyway. Uh, um, the squirrel totally knew that oh, the crow was playing. It, oh, yeah, yeah. So I can see the cat like messing with the crows. When Bart, this is the cat, was killed by a coyote one early morning, it was the distress call of the crows that alerted us to what was left of his body. A week to the day after Bart died, we were awakened by a similar racket. When we went outside to see what the noise was about, there were about 40 crows in our yard and below them, right on the spot where we found Bart's body the week before, was the collar he had been wearing, complete with the name tag. So it's a little wow. bit like the lens cap. Um, yes. But she said it was. Yeah. But the gathering yeah. is interesting because right. they will gather when one dies, they gather. And if you go looking at any of this, you see one of the theories is that the, to say the crows are trying to figure out what killed this crow. So that <laughs> doesn't happen to them. It doesn't. But isn't that isn't that the same reason we gather? I mean, it's part of the motive of, of gathering when we lose one of our own. Like right now, somebody dies of COVID. You're like, was he vaccinated? <laughs> you know, like you, you know? um, that's true. We want to know. So that doesn't happen to us. I think that's part of it. Absolutely. Because we always talk about why and what and how. <laughs> Yes. And when you read an obituary, you're like, wait yeah. a minute, they didn't, you know, you're, you're trying to read the tea leaves. It doesn't say why he died, you know. And so why might not? Was it suicide? Was it alcoholism? You know, why are they trying to hide it? And then it's like donate to breast cancer. Like, oh, it must have been breast cancer, you know. Yeah, we want to know. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's why you slow down to look right. at a car crash. Like, I want to see which ways the cars might have been going and how serious was this? How did that happen? I'm not having, no, I don't. How many ambulances are here? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the cat collar thing, though, is. That's very eerie. moving. It's, yeah. I, and I that's what she moving. says. It, it gave them closure. It really helped. And she just thought it was the kindest thing that had ever happened. And I. Well, just, it tells me the crows saw the cat as part of their community. Yeah. That's true, because they're basically mourning the cat. You know, they were alerting that the cat had been killed. And that's how they found the cat, was they were like, what's going on with the crows? And they went out to investigate, and they found what was left of the oh. cat. Um, and so that was it. You know, a week later, all these crows gathered with the collar. They had probably been drug off, you know, by the, uh, by the coyote unintentionally but you know as part of like dragging the cat around yeah um oh one of the things to kind of wrap this up a little bit um was you know we generally tell people don't feed the ducks you know don't feed the wildlife you're just causing problems they get used to being fed and then they're in your garbage and you know whatever so but again we have that urge to feed things why is that Anne? I don't know, but I, you know, I sat in a pub one time when we were traveling, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was in Scotland and there was a pub dog and he just sat under my chair, like with his head between my legs. And I just fed him French fries the entire <laughs> time. How do you not? Yeah. I want to feed every wild animal that comes yeah, up to me. I do. I do. And, and it is, it is a bad idea. And I do stop myself quite often. We also want to touch them. Yes, we do. There is, I've got to find it. And I know I'm going to get this wrong. We There's, lost some young man that tried to touch a tiger just oh, recently. Yeah, that happens often. Um, not often, but enough that we've heard more than one story. <laughs> yeah. There's a group on Facebook and I need to find it, but it's like the animal I'm going to die petting. Yeah. I think is the, is the name of the group. <laughs> and if you connect with that immediately... <laughs> You'll know what we're talking about. Yes. I've noticed um, having been in parades with dogs lots of times. I, I mean, I'm marching in the parade and I have a dog. Right. Yeah. People reach out their hands to touch them as you walk by. They just, the hands come out and they brush the, the dog's coat as you go by. Yeah. Everybody yeah. just automatically does it. Why? Mm -hmm. Why are there petting zoos, Anne? I don't know, but I want to go. And um, you know what you do at petting? You not only pet them, you feed them. You feed them. That's right. 
We take um, joy in, yeah. in feeding them. Oh, we giggle. We love it so much. I um, fed ostriches. We have pictures. It was funny. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> they peck. They can be mean. Um, it, it was vigorous, let's say. We you hold a bucket. Yes. And um, I also rode an yeah. ostrich. Oh, okay. I have mixed feelings about whether or not that was right. Yeah. yeah. But I, I did it. I did it anyway. Yeah, I <laughs> you got a picture. I know. I, I wanted to be able to say I rode a bird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the sorry. ostrich. But and here we are talking about people feeding crows. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that okay? So Mars Luff, the crow expert mm-hmm. and author, professor of wildlife sciences at the University of Washington, says that it's okay. Oh, good. Kevin McGowan is from the university, or no, Kevin McGowan, Dr. Kevin McGowan at Cornell says that with few cautions provided, he's in favor of it. And he's in favor of positive interactions between crows and people. What they do discourage is heavy, a lot of heady, heavy feeding. So you're not, you just want to put out a treat, basically. But they have actual guidelines. Marsliff has some and McGowan has some. So here's some tips. Okay. If you want to form a bond with a crow, be consistent in rewarding them. Yes, that makes sense. They found that crows, your crows and people will have a very personal relationship. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a two-way communication going on there. They understand each other's signals. You want to leave them a gift in the same place every day. You want to be consistent. And they like peanuts. You don't want to overfeed them. So a treat, you know, leave them a treat. They'll learn your patterns. And we'll learn their language. Mm -hmm. If they're around enough, you'll know what different calls mean. And they'll see your signals. So they may even be watching for you to start making the movements around your yard that says there's going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. They are watching you. Right. And that might be how the gift giving starts. Right. I'm thinking if you want them to give you gifts, show delight in finding something. Oh, that's a good idea. Because they're watching you, they're watching your face, your body language. He does want to, uh, Marsloff does want to point out that crow gifts are not guaranteed. Right, <laughs> right. But I'm thinking if you want to make it more likely. Right. And there are some specific tips what to feed. Okay. So you should feed them something healthy. They'll probably eat Pez. Don't give it to them. Mm-hmm. So something healthy, unsalted peanuts. Salt's a bad idea. Unsalted peanuts, with or without the shells, are recommended by the crow experts of the world. Don't throw the nuts at them and don't feed them too much. Uh, They are wild birds. You have to remember that. Accustomed to gathering their own food. So a few peanuts are plenty. Make sure you're not luring them into dangerous situations. (gasps) Good tip. A place where cars are coming. Or especially an area where neighbors might get angry about uh, (gasps) loud crows hanging around. You just reminded me. There's something. Yeah. They're going to be loud. Was Okay. Was it Gabby that got in trouble for the peanut shells? Yes. Yes. I I don't know why she was in trouble, but the neighbors complained and filed charges. Mm. Because they were dropping the peanut shells in their yard. I was that can't it? remember why. Or maybe it was. There were so many crows. Right, right. So you don't want to piss the neighbors off. That's really important. After reading all of these, I'm fairly rural enough, and we have crows everywhere. Um, one of my favorite things is seeing two crows harass a hawk. Mm. Um, I'll I video it every time it happens. <laughs> well, you and that hawk don't. Exactly. No, we he, aren't no. fans of each other. No, he's got a name. It's Todd. We don't know if it's a female or not. But we have we have a hawk, a red tail nest near our property, and so every conflict of interest, right? And we have chickens, but we do enjoy having the hawk every you know every spring. We get to watch these you know one or two baby hawks learn how to fly they hang out they're making noise they're screaming and occasionally they piss the crows off and two crows will dive bomb him in the air and just harass the hell out of them and 
I don't know if he's going after their eggs, if that's what oh. he does it, but they will chase a hawk off without any hesitation. Yeah. But where I live, I'm I'm thinking I want to feed the crows now. Because <laughs> we have yeah, a lot in our you woods. Should. We have a lot of crows. We do too. Our oh. crows are called fish crows and they're very negative. Uh, they're uh, when they're sitting around watching you, they're saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, <laughs> uh-uh. They're very judgmental. I'm not feeding them. Well, I'm feeding these guys because I'm excited. And I do, I feel uh, I'm more interested now because like I said, I always thought of them as kind of lesser beings. And now, you know, ravens are more solitary. Mm. So they don't have that like community neighborhood thing going on that, the crows have hmm. you know they have a neighborhood watch and they 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 pay attention to threats and what's going on and they want to work together and make it safe i think people have studied the different sounds they made and whether or not they can attribute meeting to them the same way that they do prairie dogs and elephants yeah you know what's going on mm -hmm. around them and does that sa same sound always occur right. in these different contexts i love that Oh, here's another quick story. I they do like shiny things. There's uh -huh. there is one case where they had one named Crowbar that hung around and he often stole the kids' milk money and would cash it on the rooftop next door. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds a little bit like my ferret. So yeah, it's it's exciting. I there is this one case, and I'm not sure I believe it, where this guy, Richard Dahlquist. In 2019, uh, he, he posted a picture of these two sprigs of uh, pine that uh, pine that had um, soda, soda tabs stuck on oh. them. Oh, And he said that he discovered the first one and then the other in the same place um, where he'd been leaving food for crows for four years. Oh, so the crows okay. were accepting this food for four years. And then one day he finds this sprig with a soda tab on it. Right. And, it, and his, I can't remember what he wrote about it, but, you know, he, as he saw it as a sign of gratitude and he posted it and the post went viral. I don't know where, he, you know. Yeah. But uh, while the crows make tools, they have not known, been known to make anything that could be called art or right. creative <laughs> or expressive. Right. So I'm thinking if it was left by a crow for reals. Right. Um, somebody else threaded it and the crow thought, cool, it. it's, it's shiny. Yeah. Right. They found it and brought it. Yeah. 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 I don't know if they would make you gifts. I was, I didn't look real hard. There was a story I wanted to found, find, um, and it was probably in the Pacific Northwest, if not maybe Alaska, but it was a native woman and she had a raven who would bring her, and I, I think she fed him, but he would bring her these beautiful things, you know, like really? a rock, a rock with a hole in it, a feather, you know, like it was just these, these beautiful little things. It wasn't like, you know, a plastic Santa. <laughs> you know, what I like about these stories is the human's reaction to the different things, because we're storytelling creatures. I think probably all creatures are storytelling creatures, but we're we're masters. We're over yes, the top, you know? We are. So any object that the bird brings or whatever creature brings a right. gift, um, if it shows, if it strikes you as significant, right, you will be more delighted and will spin, you know, that's part of the joy of having a small child who is first learning language yes. and doesn't understand the profundity they stumble into. Right. <laughs> exactly. And we read so much and yes. Oh, you know, you turn around and you go, oh, you know, my, <laughs> my child's brilliant or my child is clearly a reincarnated, right. you know, swami. <laughs> Because they just said something so wise. How did they know yeah. that? Or my grandmother, my dead grandmother is speaking through my child. You know, right, it, right. Yeah. It's it's just so rife. It's poetry. Yes. Well, I was gonna say, um, I have a poem, and I guess maybe we could put it on the website, but it's actually about my mother dying, but the whole thing is about uh wanting to be an Alaskan. It's about how the ravens are just you know, amazing. And, you know, here we only have crows. 
And my dad used to say this, but I guess it's, I don't know where he got it from, but that you could teach a crow to talk if you split their tongue. I don't oh, know where yeah. that came from, right? I don't like that. Yeah. So yeah. I've got that in my poem. You know, my father said this, but they have little more to say, or they have little to say except more, more. <laughs> Which actually, after doing the research too, I realized that that's pretty good. That's kind of accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So does anybody have stories? Oh my God, please. If anybody has any kind of stories, please send them. I would love of gifting, of gifting, animals or, gifting. Or any kind of interaction with uh, crows or corvids of any type. Absolutely. I'd love to hear some stories because I don't have any personal ones other than just like observing the ravens in Alaska. Oh, please email them in. Please, please, please. And there's the story that I didn't tell today. It's not my story, but there's going to be a movie about um, with Naomi Watts about a magpie called Penguin Bloom. This woman was, was she in Thailand? She has three or four boys and she and her husband took the boys on vacation and they were on a balcony at a hotel and the railing gave way and she fell about 20 feet. And had concussion, all kinds of serious injuries, but she was left paralyzed from like the upper chest down. And around the time that she was at home recovering and no longer wanting to recover, you know, because it's a very hard, I I can't imagine. So um, during that time, a a magpie fell out of its nest onto a pavement and I guess was um, perishing of exposure. And the boys found it and brought it home and named it penguin because it's black and white it's magpie and yeah but the the magpie ended up being part of their family like they worked so hard to keep that little guy alive because because i mean you would anyway maybe but they had this extra motivation of of um, urgency and compassion and wanted to help their mother and 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 it transfer it came to include the magpie and the relationship between the woman and the magpie became inspirational also i think the father is a photographer so this whole saga Mm. gorgeously photographed and they have a book of photos of the of the magpie recovering and yes and 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 feathering out and and all the little stories i mean the magpie did it's like having a puppy yes yeah you know it's seamlessly integrated into their family yeah. And it seemed as if the magpie, I mean, speaking of theory of mind, and can they feel gratitude or compassion, or do they have empathy? Do they have the power to read another's needs and respond, uh, maybe not altruistically, but um, with beneficence, let's say, generosity, selflessness? The birds seem to notice when the mother couldn't go on anymore and would come and interact with her and and try to cheer her up. It seemed, you know, would sing to her, would behave playfully, would try to engage her. I like that. Yeah. Oh God, that'll be a great movie. It will. And a good coffee table book. I'm all over it. It's an excellent <laughs> coffee table book. Yeah, I will include links to that too on the show notes. Yeah, and I got to see it when it comes out. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. Any recommendations on this kind of stuff? Because we books and whatnot, we can. Yeah. And we must know people send us people who have rehabbed a wild animal like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I will be speaking uh, shortly. Actually, I made the appointment with my husband's cousin, who is now working with um, injured and sort of you know, the owls and the hawks and the crows and whatever that you can't re-release. And so they use them for education at the Audubon Center in Audubon, Pennsylvania. Cool. And I'm going to go interview him in about two weeks. (gasps) And hopefully he said, I said, hopefully they'll be chatty that day. Like maybe we get some recording (laughs) when we want audio. That's another thing, you guys, if you have audio. Oh, yeah. Of a bird making an interesting or unexpected yes. sound that perhaps is meaningful or is just delightful. Who yeah. cares? Uh, we would like some audio too. That would be great. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah, well, we might play it if yes. it's really cool. Yes, yes. Oh, that. Oh, please, please do. Please, please send us that kind of stuff. I love it. You know, record with your iPhone. It's amazing how good the quality is. It's shocking. I'm going to be using my iPhone to interview Lou. So, <laughs> and I know it's going to be fine because I've done it before. Um, so, yeah, that's great. So hopefully we'll get some fun stuff. You can ping us on social media. We have a Facebook page. Please like that. And that is a good place for you to leave any comments or um, audio or stories. You can either private message us uh, through that Facebook page or post it right there to share with people. We have a comment section on our website. You can contact us and send us an email there. We have an Instagram that one of these days we're going to, it's up already. (laughs) One of these days we're going to maybe put some photos or... um, Hashtag us, This Animal Life. Give us a hashtag. Tag us on photos on Instagram. Um, That'd be great. Yeah. And you can also write comments on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, like and subscribe. Um, Those those stats are our lifeblood. Yes, they are. We need them. Yeah, those are treats for us, right? (laughs) Positively reinforce us. Yeah. so yeah, those are all ways that you can get in touch with us. Also, yes. um, Sarah K. Martin is our new graphic designer, yes. graphic artist. She's so fun. Isn't she? Yeah. So you can, uh, that's something I would really like to see us put on the Instagram are the, oh yes, the okay, little, we need to do that. Yeah. The little line drawings that she does inspired by each of our episodes and the portrait she did of us, <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's kind of cool. Well, good. Please yeah. email us. We'd love to hear from you. We like getting mail. If it if it works, if it fits in, we'll uh, mention you on the podcast. We'll talk yes. about it. Um, shout out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll play your audio clip or tell your story. Yay. Yep. I know. Well, all right. It then. is. It's really fun. Excellent. Excellent. Our music is by incredible composer and performer Chip Salerno. Find more of Chip's music on SoundCloud.com.